All right, let's go. It's a Plank show right here on The Ref with Josh on Plank. Top five stories. Oh, uh, okay. Can, can I read that last? We read that last text. I don't have the text line up. Right off the top? Right off the top there. Go ahead. Plank, did you finish the Bakersfield 3? Freaking best pod I've heard in years. Look, dude, I just got goosebumps thinking about how good it was. I, I cooked through about three podcasts this last week. And, well, actually two, and I'm in the middle of another one. I haven't heard from Brooke yet if she took in the Bakersfield 3 or not. But Bakersfield 3. Don't spoil it for me. I won't. I won't. Is one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. It's uh, about a series of murders. That's right. That's right. And then the families of the murdered individuals come together, and it's got a wild twist and turn. Oh, it does. I mean, bro, it was a wild twist. So how, how long are these episodes, or how long is the podcast? Uh, now, the, I like these. And, and I was also in the other one that I just listened to. I like these um, because they're relatively quick. They're relative. They're like thirty minute episodes. And how many were there? There was about twelve or thirteen. So instead of so they, they milked it, they did. I'm going to get on there I, and I'm going to comment that they could have done it in half. Every, half as many this, this is my favorite thing to joke with Josh about. Every murder slash crime podcast that you listen to, every one of them, you go look in the comments, and I guarantee you there is somebody saying. <laughs> Gonna wrap this up in like one or two episodes That's for sure. Unbelievable, they, they, man! They really stretched this thing out. The other one that I listened to, it took me a while to get into it, but I really enjoyed it. Was called Peter and the Acid King, and I, I it's think a great name. it was. I did not know anything about this dude. I did not know anything about New Wave Theater. I didn't know anything about it, but it was uh, it was a good pod. Okay. In fact, when it, it when it wrapped up, I was kind of like, I actually could um I could do more of this. So now here's the other thing, and this is hard for me. Just I don't talk politics. Resolution? Did we get some? Here's the unfortunate thing: you get zero resolution in either one of those podcasts. Oh, there man. is this now. Now I would would you not agree? Four oh five. You get a certain sense of resolution in the Bakersfield three. But not a complete one. How many people are yelling, get back to sports in their car right now? What was uh, the acid man? Peter and the acid man? Peter and the acid king. (laughs) It takes you back to the punk rock days. Now, I wasn't a big punk rocker. That wasn't my scene. What were you? You were were a grunge? I was a nerd, and I was a little bit. I was a nerd that didn't do anything but play with his baseball cards and play Sega Genesis. And then I discovered you were a Sega Genesis kid. I was Sega Genesis, and then I discovered NHL '94 and something called Red Dog Beer, and my life changed forever. Let me ask you this: Go ahead. Did you make fun of people that had Super Nintendos? Was that like a thing? Like you? No, were... I wasn't that guy. Once was one... that a thing though? No, uh, it, it it really wasn't because we just literally played. We played Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh college football, and we played NHL '94, and we played it for like three years. I mean, we never bought the new version. And then all of a sudden, these things called PlayStations came out, and that was that was a game changer. And all the, the I, my my pledge sound like the Jason Duns. There was a kid named uh, Corbin. I can't think of Corbin's last name. And they had him in the house, and we're like, 
uh, the, no, we're not advancing to this level of technology. You will play us in Sega Genesis, and it and, and that was kind of the end of it. <laughs> and and that was whenever we all got away from of, video games. To think of like walking into, uh, you know, a Best Buy or any of those sorts of stores. And seeing the setup for a, a Sony PlayStation was so. Oh my gosh! Look yeah. at this. This is these graphics are incredible, and they're just terrible now. No, oh, no, it really is. It it was funny because going back to the the podcast and just kind of I got a little time here, so I get caught up on a few things politically. I'm being challenged right now because I mean I don't think I'm giving away which side of the aisle that I'm on. <laughs> but ever since the South Park episode, I haven't been able to look at Rob Reiner the same way. Have you seen the South Park episode where they take off on Rob Reiner? Um, I'm actually listening to a podcast that's from kind of his production group, but it's on who killed JFK. So it's kind of, it's got me, it's got me hooked in right now. I guess in addition to be Arch, to being Archie Bunker's son-in-law, Rob Reiner's had a pretty good career and he's been infatuated with, he's been infatuated with JFK. So that's been my most recent. Listen, I think we found our new avenue, history of video games slash Planks podcast. Dude, I and it's so funny because I th- I didn't know if anything could cap Scamanda, which was really good. And the Bakersfield three did. Here's the other thing, too. All right. I'm go- I'm go- just a point. We're, I can't. We're st- almost there. everyone. I-, I promise you. I have become that person that can't stand the people that like are doing the podcast to try to be famous. Like, that's what's great about the Bakersfield Three. This was a girl who was a reporter, and this story has always kind of been around, and she's not doing TV now, and she's like, I want to do this. So it doesn't become, hey, guys, Payne Lindsay here. You can meet me. At so No, it becomes. She's a reporter. She is a freaking reporter, and yeah. it is awesome. It's like a documentary. Magnifying I'm an old man. Yeah. And then I got to learn about Peter Ivers, who I've never heard of before in my life. Uh, by the way, the 310 points out, speaking of South Park, Casa Bonita is open now. That's where I want to go. Casa Bonita. That's where I want to go. Wait a minute. Hold on. What did Brooke just send? Brooke is my um, podcast spirit animal. Twin Flames Colt. Podcast and a doc on- uh, What? No, listen. I'm learning about JFK right now, Brooke, and I'm chasing down an offensive coordinator. Partners in true crime- who killed Molly Miller and Cold Hands? Okay, okay. Let's we 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 got to stop. This is a sports show. Casey just walked by and kind of gave me that look. So let's get after it. Enough enough of this true crime nonsense. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. I would love. I don't think that there is a like a podcast review out there. I would love to do a podcast review show where it's on the tube of views. And you just say, hey, uh, this is a top trending podcast right now. Here's the story. Here's the background. Is it worth you listening to? Could it be told in two episodes? No, that would be great. It's like a Yelp <laughs> review for podcasts. Right, right. And you can feel smarmy. And- because the episodes, the, the, the Apple comments are just a disaster. And they shouldn't matter because they're just a disaster. In fairness, you do have uh, a professional radio background, so right. you would at least be... In fairness, you're right. I guess we do have a show to do. You you, uh, you would at least be somewhat qualified to judge the production qualities. I need, I need all those things that Jay just sent us. I need those sent to me right now. I need that one that Brooks sent us. I need that sent to me right now. Okay. Um, enough yapping. 
Let's get to it. Time for the top five stories of the day. And as always, the top five stories of the day are brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, online at newcastlecasino.com, where you can learn about their rewards. I just got great news. We're going back to Newcastle Casino in a couple of weeks. Let's go. Did I tell you, too, speaking of fun things for me, I got all my flight confirmation this uh, past week to uh, go to Boston. Army, Navy. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Hope my son gets to go. Yeah, that that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> seeing, that, seeing that, I, I bugged. I'm like, hey, if you ever need a guy to fill in for Army, Navy, I'm your guy. And my son goes there, and then coming to find out, like, he's traveled too much, so he might not get to go, but... So is that next week? That is. That's next week. Okay. Well. I will not miss any showtime. I will not miss it. Uh, Luann informed me that I've used up all my, my days off, TJ, so I will not use any showtime. <laughs> no bonus days no off No bonus for days off That's for right. Me. Thank you, Luann. Go uh, to work for the rest of us. All right, here we go. Big story number five. <laughs> <laughs> number five. You can have the day off if you'd like. So, speaking... I'm, you're not into wrestling at all, are you? I mean, like, not at all. Period. End of discussion. I, I just, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know much about what's going on. So, when I tell you, find someone in life that loves you as much as ESPN loves Mike Greenberg, you get that right. Yeah, that reference makes sense. Right. Find you someone in life that loves you as much as Jeff Levy loves the Jet Sweep. Mm-hmm. Or if I said, find you someone in life that loves you as much as Chicago loves CM Punk, would not register, would it? No. How about this number, though? WWE set a new social media record on Thanksgiving weekend. The return of CM Punk to Survivor Series garnered more than 71 million views across all of the sports entertainment company's platforms. 71 million views. So people were sharing and engaging like crazy. Oh, I was. And they set it up perfect. It's like, thanks for joining us for Survivor Series. And all of a sudden, the music hit. And then Chicago went insane. And there came CM Punk. Is, uh, I mean, is CM Punk from Chicago? or? Oh, CM Punk is Chicago. So, yes. Now, to make everybody <laughs> I'm, happy. I'm sorry to anybody I just insulted by asking that question. <laughs> Since uh, I got a text on this, I did want to point out. I will tie this back into OU and OU wrestling because it's a big week coming up for Roger Kish's crew, and we hope to have Coach on the show this week. Um, they've, been, they've been off since Sunday, November 19th, going through finals and everything. They return this weekend against Missouri and Columbia and West Virginia in Morgantown. That's Friday at 7 o'clock and Sunday at 1 o'clock, but I just cut a spot for it, and that's why it's on my mind. Bedlam coming December 10th, December 10th for OU Wrestling. And, uh, I mean, I know that I'm not invited, but we do have a big hoops game coming up, Josh. McCaslin Fieldhouse will be the site for a student-only game Thursday as OU takes on Arkansas Pine Bluff. That'll be Thursday at McCaslin Fieldhouse at 7 p.m. OU gets back home on December 5th for a showdown with Providence. Though this is home, we're just not invited. Do you have an old student ID that we could kind of sneak in on, you think? I don't. 
I wish I had uh, kept mine. I don't know what I did with that. It would have been funny if you did. And then, uh, obviously, I, since we're just – I don't think we're getting in with that. We're still though. not getting in? I, since we're just rolling through the schedule of, of OU events that are currently in action, Grambling will be in town on Friday for a showdown with Oklahoma on the women's side of things. That'll be at 6 o'clock on Friday. OU coming off a tough trip where they lost to both Princeton and Tennessee. Tennessee game was tight. Princeton's a good team, but uh, after their incredible start, OU women fall to 5-2. and two. Are we caught up on everything OU related? I believe so. Somehow tight CM Punk into it. See what I did? All right, number four. Number four. Now, King of Chicago. <laughs> it's funny because he's been an absolute disaster because he um, he's a mess like, to deal with, but he's still kind of. Still kind of a big deal. $70 million. All right. Um, more college football vacancies have been filled, and a few more have opened up. We didn't get to this a lot yesterday because Monday was all about, what, OU and recapping not just the win over, oh, I forgot, TCU, but the fact that Jeff Lebby had left. As far as major vacancies in college football, Dana Holgerson out at Houston. Surprised at all by that? Not really. It, it hasn't gone uh, altogether great. And, Tom, and now, you know, jumping to the Big 12, it's more attractive opening. Tom Allen out in Indiana. Definitely not surprised by that. Duke and Syracuse both have vacancies, but Duke's is because Mike Elko left for Texas A&M. So, I got to be honest with you. I didn't know what to expect from Mike Elko. But I listened to his opening press conference, and that wasn't it. I was I was impressed. I've heard him interviewed like Duke hosted game day this year, but he really wowed me. And then things got creepy because they started singing and they were swaying. doing the swaying. Yeah, it's like what are we doing here? Uh, Oregon State is open. Jonathan Smith is left for Michigan State. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we'll be keeping on. I think Boise State's a fascinating opening right now. A and M man, I, you got to love how weird they are. So weird. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. Which gets us beyond just the coaching vacancies to a little college football for big story number three. Number three. Tonight, Josh Helmer, we get the latest college football playoff rankings. Where do you expect to see Ohio State dip in this? I mean. They only fell. They didn't fall behind Texas and Alabama in the most recent polls. Everyone moved up a spot, but they stayed at six, falling behind only Oregon. Do you think that remains the case tonight? I think there's a good chance it does. It keeps a little drama in this thing, even though Ohio State's not staying in front of either Texas or Alabama right. if those two win. Agreed. Because, well, they're going to each pick up good wins, and, oh, by the way, they're going to have conference championships, so – I think it's much to do about nothing okay. for Ohio State in regards to either Texas or Alabama. To me, Texas and Alabama, at least as it pertains to Ohio State, they control their own destiny. They don't have to worry about the Buckeyes. So, speaking of the Buckeyes, what did you make of this from Jim Harbaugh just the other day? Give me your take on this. This actually, when I say from just the other day, I think this was from yesterday, to be honest with you. In his, his Zoom call? Yeah, this was from his Zoom call, and the question was Sunday. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, here we go. This is Harbaugh from his Zoom call on Sunday about the Ohio State hatred. I'm not telling you how to do your job, but uh, a lot of that seems very built up from outside of the two programs. I'm not going to go as far as to say 
contrived, uh, but I mean, it is hyped up. I mean, hyped up to uh, the ends of, to no, to no ends. Um, and these are student athletes, young kids, young adults that are, are playing this game. And all we ask them to do is go out there and play their very best. So to answer your question, I, I think that is, is very manufactured for the TV show that people want to want to watch and, and, and see. But it's not healthy. It's not healthy for, for the student athletes on either side when you're trying to put that much, uh, you know, somebody's practically, you know, thinking it's life or death. Not telling you what to do or how to do it, but uh, I would say it's not healthy for the, for the young people. Okay, so he's talking about the importance of the game. He's talking about the perceived hatred between Ohio State and Michigan. So what was the question? What was he asked? He was starting – the, the question that was asked, if I remember, was just the emotions and the disdain between the two programs. And Harbaugh's point is, listen, we're focused on us. I, I couldn't care less about it. It's not healthy to sit here and just say that it's all about beating Ohio State. So I would – my only response to him would be, good luck with that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, number one. But when they ask you, do you respect the opposing team's coaching staff, your first response would be, sure, but, right? You know, make sure you know that there is a mutual respect there, though everybody who is anybody is saying, there isn't right now between these two programs. There's just not. And that's fine. Nobody's getting killed over it. Nobody's losing lives over it. That's a good point you make. He's singing two different songs here because clearly you hate – Ohio State, and clearly you have some some genuine distaste for Ohio State. Otherwise, you would have shown Ryan Day respect before the game, and now afterwards you you want to do this kumbaya. Right. Yeah, you can't exist in both worlds. I get what he's saying. For these young people, yeah, they can't make it. Look, it's large. It's the biggest game of the season outside of now a Big Ten championship game and into the college football playoff potentially for Michigan. There's a lot on the line, right? And uh, the fan base is going to make a big deal out of all of it. But let's not be unrealistic about what Ohio State-Michigan is either. They don't like each other. It is a massive game. Legacies are defined it's, by it. It's great. Life will go on if you lose the game. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's large. And to, to downplay that is, is a little bit fake. A little bit weird. All right, so uh, big story number two. Number two. Number two. Number two. Um, I got some NFL stuff here, but let's start with a very ugly Monday Night Football game that came down to a great finish. The whole Trenton Gill. Cairo Santos 08. Snap. Right hash. Angle left. Santos the kick. Santos is good from 30 yards. And the Bears crawl back in front 12 to 10 over the Vikings. On a 30-yard field goal with 10 seconds to play. Teams like the Saints have to really be kicking themselves so that they lost to that Vikings team. And will the real Mr. Dobbs please stand oh up? Gosh, please stand up. Time. They started talking about the backup, which I'm, I didn't even know who the backup was. <laughs> Come to find out it's the Mullins kid that's been in the league for like 20 years, it seems like. But, yeah, not pretty. And, by the way, looking ahead, there is one good game in the NFL next weekend. One. 
Everything else is kind of gross. San Fran Philly pretty good, though. That's ah, a big one, right? I'll take it. Meanwhile, Bill Belichick was asked a, uh, a very interesting question. There have been a lot of headlines surrounding your future with the organization and even some national media members, Dan Orlovsky being one of them, saying that you already have another destination set in place for next season. Do you have any comments on that? I'm, I'm sure it's annoying to hear your name in headlines when it comes to you specific while you're focused on this team. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> can you ever imagine yourself coaching anywhere else? I'm just trying to do the best job I can right now. Obviously, I need to do better. Does it frustrate you to hear people say things, but you know you still can coach at this level at an extremely high level? Yeah, I don't worry about what everybody else is saying. Mm-hmm. I've heard good, I've heard bad, so doesn't really, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't here for any of that. He, he was, but boy, That's your com- new commander's head coach right there. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't – if you're Bill Belichick – oh, we got to break. Put a pin in that. Let's talk about that at the bottom of the hour. Big story number one. <laughs> it's going to be great to revisit after he takes another job. Yeah, I know, right? Number one. Number one. Number one. So, quick hit just before we go in depth when we come back. No news on the offensive coordinator search. The Brendan Marion go-go off- offense name is the only one we've heard uh, that's at least been public and – I've reached out to that dude. Hopefully we get a chance to talk to him on the show. And then we got a bit of the SEC schedule, which will include OU and Tennessee on September 21st as what we believe, right, is going to be OU's home opener in the SEC because looks like they'll open on August 31st with Temple, then play Houston on the 7th, Tulane on the 14th, and then OU-Tennessee on the 21st. Alabama OU is the 23rd of November, which leaves open Thanksgiving weekend for maybe LSU in Baton Rouge. If if the SEC is going to stay strong with Missouri and Arkansas on that Friday, and if Texas, Texas A&M is going to be that Friday, LSU as a Thanksgiving Day opponent wouldn't be too – or a Thanksgiving weekend opponent wouldn't be too bad. Let's go ahead and make that permanent. Well, and they they bounced around with LSU on it, right? For the longest time, it was LSU Arkansas. The longest time, LSU A and M. LSU Oklahoma is a rivalry waiting to happen. Let it happen. Embrace it. Three six six. Come on, get it done, people. Do you know what? That would be awesome. Oh, dude, flip flopping that back and forth on Thanksgiving weekend would be sensational. And here's the other thing: Do LSU fans suck? Yes. But there is this side to them, and there is this faction that is pretty damn cool. Oh, look, they love they love their Tigers, man. All right, quick break. They're so zany. They're zany. Quick break. We'll talk about it more in depth, including what we've learned on the coaching search, which, spoiler alert, isn't much next right here on The Wrap. I see the uh, we've reached a peak off-season content already. The uh, mainline podcast, I'm not – I like those guys. They projected, based on just their idea, that we would play LSU November 2nd and then Missouri would be the November 30th game. Either one, I'm fine. But I, do, I would love to see that become a thing. And then um, somebody retweeted. Oh, You'd Keegan. like to see LSU become a thing? I would like to see OU LSU become a thing. Me too. I would like to have something on that weekend. Now, I'm not saying we have to play on Black Friday. I'd like to play on that Saturday. I would like for Missouri to become Oklahoma's 
permanent non-opponent in the SEC. I see what you're saying. I agree. I'd like to never play Missouri. <laughs> Ever. Under any circumstance. Keegan says Oklahoma's win total as of today against this schedule would be seven. Uh, I hope that's wrong. Keegan says, Keegan yeah. Rennell, yeah. that uh, OU would win seven, One, two, three. according to their model. So that means that in the op- – I don't know if it's a model or if it's just him vamping, but that basically means that you would only see Oklahoma winning three SEC games next year. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a different one. Um, but – which games? Uh, let, let's let's play the okay. Prognosticator. Well, I, I here. project them to win all four of their non-conference games, right? Yeah, I I, th- I think probably so. I think they should beat Tennessee at home. Agreed. I don't see any reason why they can't beat Texas again. I think they should beat South Carolina and go to Auburn and beat Auburn. Ole Miss is intriguing. I've never been there. I don't know what the environment is like, so you know. But I fully expect them to beat Missouri too. I'm thinking nine and three. Yeah. Right now? Right now. But we got a long way to go, man. In fact, we got to figure out who the offensive coordinator is. And as we, you know, we talked very early on in this Very Radio program about timeline and not really knowing what that timeline is, is going to look like. To me, I have no, I haven't talked to Coach Venables about it nor do I think he would tell me anything. He might tell Ted. But I don't necessarily see anything, Josh, timeline-wise, that would lead me to believe that you know this is either happening tomorrow or it's not happening until after signing day. Right? There's, no, there's one name that's been out there publicly, and that's Brendan Marion. And that's from one report right now. Again, not – questioning the report is that like the guys doubled down like all I, hogs i made it all up yeah i know it's just that's that's the name uh the yesterday the oklahoman ryan aber put together what i thought was a was a really good list and it included a name that not many people mention around here and that's bill Beanbow. right whenever you talk guys on staff who do you automatically say seth latrell matt wells joe john finley joe john finley right some have even said Emmett Jones. Here is the dailies list of guys. This is from Jason Batakia. I get Batakia, Jason. Um, he's got Seth Luttrell and Matt Wells on here. Andy Coltelnicki that we've talked about quite a bit. Ding, ding, ding. I don't think Dana Holgerson's in this mix. I think it's fun to mention it, but I don't think he's in this mix. And from what I've been told. Cliff with a K. Or at least from the two people I've talked to about it. I, I don't think Sean Lewis is in in this either. The Colorado offensive coordinator who's going to be looking for another job after this year. Brad Davis, the LSU offensive line coach. Philip Montgomery, the Auburn offensive coordinator. He has Casey Woods in this mix, the SMU. With Sean Moore and Will Stein as the dream candidates. I think it would be tough to pry Will Stein out of Oregon right who, now. Who is your dream candidate? Who is my dream candidate? John Gruden. No. Uh, could you imagine groom? We've already got groomers starting with Indiana, right? I would probably Gruden to Indiana. Yeah, yeah, they've started that. Oh my gosh, that would. Oh, dude, come on. Yeah, I don't sign think me up happening. for that. I don't think it's happening. No way he would go through that misery. 
why why would you do that to yourself after you had to coach the Raiders for so long? I, mean, I did uh, I did love somebody's tweet the other day. I forget who it was that was like, "We're living in such an upside down world that Indiana doesn't have enough money and it's nil to pay three million dollars for a competent roster, but they can pay twenty million dollars for Coach Allen not to coach." That's the economics of did college you, football. Did you also see, by the way, quick aside, and I'm not dodging your question, but did you see how? Jim Harbaugh was quickly rebuked whenever he's like, dude, I'll give part of my contract to make sure that we can have, you know, coffers full of NIL. And it was like, well, I mean, you can't, you can't do that. No, you can't. I, I think it'd be great. You get a pool for assistant coaches, right? And then maybe you say, hey, as part of my deal, I am giving eight mil, 10 mil to the collective. I think – Every high-paid coach would be like, yeah, let's go. I'll do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'll give 100000 <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, and then at smaller schools where you don't make as much money, I'll give like ten k to that. That's, that's fine. That works. I fall. I don't know why. I think that's easy for a head coach to say until they say, hey, we'll take $5 million from you. I've got a three-pronged desire for OU's offensive coordinator. And you guys tell me if I'm way off. Basically what I'm saying is I have three either people or ideas that I'm not going to be mad about. Number, I wouldn't be mad with any of the guys that have been mentioned on staff. Continuity is important. I think Wells or Seth or Emmett Jones or Joe John or Bean Bow would be awesome. And Explore that Bean Bow a little bit more because yeah. I kind of cut you off and I didn't mean to do that. No, no, no. You didn't cut me off. It's just it's not mentioned very much, right? I, I think some people just think, oh, Bill Bean Bow, he's going to be an offensive line coach. I – I mean, I'm just going to read what uh, Ryan wrote. This is a free, so I'm not stealing. But he said um, he's been on the staff since 03, has had a hand in some of the best offenses in college football. And if you wanted to pair Beanbow and Seth Luttrell, it wouldn't be the first time they were co-offensive coordinators at Arizona in 2010. I would also add that Coach Beanbow is responsible for a lot of their run schemes too already. You know, he's not just a, a meathead who sits in there and talks about how he can make sure his guys are bigger and stronger and run in and push through the other guys. I think he's a brilliant mind that maybe we don't tap into enough. So it would be, hey, be a more physical offense, that's for sure. Go back and those whenever he and Seth Luttrell were coaching together, it was a really good marriage of what the um, that run and shoot that Seth Luttrell runs and some power run schemes out of it. So I, that's why that number one for me, any of those guys, I think would be great. I think it would be great. If you're going to go outside, there's two guys I've fallen in love with. Andy Ludwig at Utah. And I think there's something to be said about being happy. And Andy Ludwig seems to be very happy at Utah, right? He said no to Notre Dame, but again – there are some things in Notre Dame that make it a little bit more challenging, I think. Um, yeah, the academic requirements. And, is, it, and, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, the, the, the other thing about Ludwig is in this world where all of y'all want some young whippersnapper, I mean, the dude is 60. I mean, he turns – he'll be 60 by the time Oklahoma plays its first game next year. That doesn't matter to me. Well, that could mean that uh, this is the final stop. That's true. And and you got somebody that, you know, that would buck the trend a little bit, mm -hmm. but maybe you got somebody that'll be an OC for five or eight years. 
That can be a long time OC for you. He has not been a guy that has coached a ton in the South. If that matters to you, that's not on his resume. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I've, I'm starting to study <laughs> because I'm so intrigued just by if Oklahoma doesn't hire him, then I'm going to be a guy to turn to for Utah football insight. There you go. And then the third, and it's not just because he's from my alma mater, Brendan Marion would not be a bad choice, man. Now, again. Can that, you sell me on him coming up next? Let's do it next. I, I don't have a great sales pitch, but I have a decent one. That's not the way to sell something. Hey, listen, welcome to my store. I don't think I'm going to sell you on buying this right now, but I'll give you some options and some ideas. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll sell you on the go-go offense next on the ref. Sorry. So you were talking about selling on Brennan Marion during the break. Can, can I carry over kind of that conversation in a clandestine way, too, that we were sure. having off the air? Because we were talking about tapping sources and who you trust and who you talk to during this instance. Um, there is a certain kind of barbershop slash salon conversation that takes place with these with these types of stories. Yeah, clandestine, sorry. Low-key low, low, low mysterious. Use big word, don't know what means. Sorry, I do that a lot on this show. If you saw how many times I had to Google up the proper spelling of there, there, you'd make fun of me. Insert Will Ferrell meme about uh, big words. Okay, c- carry on. There is, you always have to wonder where the true information is. And so, for instance, let's say I've got a buddy on the staff and we talk a lot. This hypothetical, I don't. <laughs> just, so, just so you know, that's not where any of my sources are coming from right now. Um, I never know if they're wanting to push a name out there. It's like, hey, I hear so-and-so. Because they know that that's good for them or they know that that would be you know good for the overall profile of where they are or if it's just them sharing one little thing that they heard you know it's kind of hard because when you get in that coaching world just go follow the who is it the CFB rumor mill or the football scoop site that covers on all things college football I mean they throw s off the wall like crazy why because they talk to coaches and it's like well I heard that you know, I heard that there's a chance that they're going to go run the wing tee and they might bring Jeff Bonkin in. You know, just craziness like that. So that's what's hard during this time, right? And this is more secretive, I think, than normal for one major reason. You don't want to blow up anyone's spot. Let's say it is Andy Coltonicki. Let's just say hypothetically. You don't want to ruin Kansas's recruiting, or you don't want to implode what he's trying to do there. Now, some would say coaches have respect for other coaches, right? Some would say, "Well, that's also cheating the the kid." You, you might be right, but in this instance, you also don't want to blow a guy's spot up. That if you're talking to him and then you don't hire him, Josh, that sets up for an even more awkward relationship. I don't think there's a single coach right now that would have a problem outside of the four-team playoff, the top eight, that would have a problem with Oklahoma talking to their OC, right? It's like, yeah, man, that's a great job. You go check that out. But there's also places to where it would set up for a kind of a tough relationship if you don't get it, right? And it's already burned a few bridges from recruits, 
the, the buzz that gets out there. So that why to me, why to me? That's why to me it's so. I, I knew what you meant. Thank you. <laughs> now, as far as you don't have to be clandestine about this, <laughs> I know what you mean. As far as Brendan Marion is concerned, um, I like him a lot because it's not necessarily like it's a completely different offense. It's just it's a little bit more open. It's a little bit more crazy. The go-go offense? 424.3 yards per game last year, 19th in scoring offense, 4th and 3rd down percentage. Um, their passing offense actually wasn't all that great, but go watch UNLV's offense try to try to throw the ball. But when I say it's wide open, um, they run the ball a lot. They ran the ball a lot. So it's not – it's not that it's suddenly some just like spread where it's they run the ball and they use those they use screens a lot too. So it's it's fun. It's a fun offense. But marrying the dude, you want to talk about fitting the profile of some of Oklahoma's hires? This is it. This is absolutely it. And again, I would like to go back. I'm not just saying this because he's a University of Tulsa guy. He's paid his dues. He was he's been everywhere. From Arizona State as a quality control coach to OBU. He worked at Howard and William and Mary. Went out to Hawaii, Pittsburgh. Texas was the pass game coordinator, and then this last year was his first year as offensive coordinator. So to me, the concern you might have is wow, that's a guy that's been a lot of places in a short amount of time, right? But he understands Oklahoma. He went to college here. He's not from here, but he's coached here. And he's coached at a big-time place like Texas. So that would be my somewhat sales pitch for him. No, Gunny. It's not the go-ho offense. It's the go-go offense. <laughs> go-go offense. So that's, that's just a little thumbnail. Electric personality. A Seems a, like he'd be a tremendous recruiter. A fun offense. And... And just a good fit. I think that his personality would fit in with what Oklahoma's. And that's not to say any of these dudes right here wouldn't be. It's just, I think I think Matt Wells coached him whenever he was at Tulsa. Maybe that was post-Wells. Matt, Matt might have been off to Utah State by then. But there's relationships there that have been forged. That's why. But he's not number one on my list. He's not number one, number one on my list. Who is? Staying in house. Staying in-house. And I don't know if that would be Seth or Matt or if that would be Bill or what it might be. But I kind of like – or Joe John, I like that. I like that a lot. See, it's fun, right? Gets those guys on the edge, let them make plays. Josh and I are watching some highlights of UNLV and San Jose State while UNLV run. A lot of misdirection. Got a lot of guys in the backfield. A lot of dudes in the backfield. And you know what? Honestly, it I, this might not be – Dead on, but at least with all the movement and the motion and the formations, it kind of reminded me of Andy Colton, Nikki, a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah. All right, quick break. Primrose Funeral Services, final thoughts are next, which we will give to you on the text line right here on the ref. All right, Primrose Funeral Services, final thoughts. Talk about it a lot. Pre planning for your funeral is not a conversation anyone wants to have. So the good folks at Primrose Funeral Service make it easy. PrimroseFuneralServices.com. Call them today. And that number, 405 321
Sean, <clears throat> Brandon Marion is also up for other head coaching jobs, writes the 918, and has been at 12 schools in 13 years. We need someone who will be more than one successful season away from jumping to another head coaching job, in my opinion. Why? Why are you all so stuck in the mindset of you wouldn't want to see an offensive coordinator go somewhere else and get another job if they're successful? I think that's the reality of what an OC and a DC is going to be under Brent Venables, right? When when Coach Venables and Ted Roof decide that, all right, this is the DC that we want. You don't, you're telling me that a Brent Venables defensive coordinator, whenever, you know, he may, and I don't know if he ever will, I don't know if he should, seeds of some of that authority to someone else. You tell me that's not going to be a top candidate for other jobs. Guy from parts unknown. No, no, Marion. We don't need a gimmick offense. You absolutely want something that translates to the NFL. I don't know how gimmicky it is, but it's also something that everyone fine tunes their art whenever they have better tools to work with. Right. You don't have to be as gimmicky whenever you have a guy that could be the number one overall pick in the draft say, as your quarterback or a top five pick at a receiver or whatever, right? And then Spence in Tulsa with maybe the text of the day. My final thought, after hearing all the SEC schedule talk, I can't help but think we just wanted to play Nebraska at night. That's right. Indeed. That's all we wanted. <laughs> you look at you're like, all right, well, I mean, we, we decided to get out of that SEC, but, I mean, literally, you, or that Big 12, you could have just given us the Nebraska game. That's all we time. wanted. Steel Man and Thune at noon or next. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow.